What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode two of the Golf Rehab Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Fazio, also known as Golf Jitsu, and I'm here with PJR, Patrick Ryan, uh, also known as PJR Scratch Golf on Instagram. You can download our podcast on Spotify and iTunes. It'll be just slash Golf Rehab. I'm making really easy for you. Um, <laughs> both of our discount codes with Swanee's Golf, Squares Golf. Uh, what else? Caddy Daddy for me. What else? I love Pen Golf. For pen Golf. Yeah. Yes, which you have to hook me up with. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, that'll all be in the description below. Um, and if you follow us on Instagram, uh, PJR and I are constantly promoting our discount codes. Um, <laughs> just want to talk about one discount code in particular. Swanee's Golf, uh, actually, you turned me on to them. Fantastic company. Mm-hmm. Uh, make amazing, incredible apparel, even though I'm not wearing a Swanee's, um, you know, three quarters. Of, it's in the wash. What do you want? I was going to wear that same thing. It's in the wash. <laughs> um, but this hat is Swanee's. Uh, great company. Uh, amazing fit. Amazing materials. Uh, they're offering 25% off your first order, which is That's sick. That's a huge discount. Yeah. That's a huge discount. So yeah, our discounts codes will be below. Like and subscribe. Watch our videos, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So <laughs> What I wanted to talk about today was I just got back from Miami and I was lucky enough to play uh, Trump National Doral, right? So I couldn't make it down for the first day of the, uh, the first day of the tour, the first day of the trip. Uh, I had some things I had to take care of at home, but we got down there Monday night. Uh, super late. It was decent degree. You know, it was like 50 degrees, which was a little bit cold for Florida, right? For mm-hmm. Miami. Um, the next day we played the red course. Okay. Are you familiar with Doral at all? I know what it is, but I'm not overly familiar with it. Um, I've never played it. So it's, it's not really, it's all, I know what it is. That's about it. That's about it. So they got, they got, uh, I think like silver Fox, uh, the red course, or it's like Red Eagle, or something like that, and then obviously everybody knows the Blue Monster. Yeah, I know the Blue uh, Monster. That's what I'm. I, I'm right, familiar. right. So I didn't get to play Silver Fox or whatever the the course is called, and um, but I didn't miss anything because it was raining and it was like a miserable round for everybody. Uh, so next day, play the red course. We were playing in what felt like gale force winds, and it was. <laughs> funny because like no matter how wherever you went so i think part the uh, first hole was uh, like a par four or par five or whatever you know you're going say east right and the the wind's right in your face then you turn right and you're going north right wind's yeah. still in your face then you come down and go west wind's still in your face it felt like on every hole all 18 of them no matter which direction we were going we were playing into a headwind. I played the worst golf of my life. 
Okay, except for my irons. My iron striking was was strong because I've been working on them like a like a feverish pig. Like every day, <laughs> trying to hit 20 shots with the iron. I did what you told me to do. Grab your four iron, swing 20 shots. You you know, if you could hit a four iron, you could hit any iron in, in your back, yeah. right? For sure. And irons were incredible. Like that video that I posted um, that with the one shot that you said, like, you know, you hit it on a string. Straight. Like it didn't even, like the shot tracer went up and then you couldn't see the other half of the shot tracer because it was on the same line, which was freaking incredible. <laughs> that was, that was all day with my iron. So like par threes, I was parring, you know, birdieing. When you put a driver or a three wood or a hybrid in my hand, that's another story. I mean, <laughs> I was miserable off the tee. I couldn't hit jack squat. Um, putting, right? Those greens, I couldn't get the feel of them. I couldn't get the speed. They were, I was putting worse than I've putted probably in the last like five years. Couldn't putt. So what did I do after the round? Did I go to the putting green? No, I didn't. No, of course not. I had, of course, no, I had to go fix the driver. So I went and fixed the driver because by that time it was probably like four or five o'clock. You know, sun came out still super windy, but I fixed the driver. Everything was fine. So you know, go out to dinner or whatever. Next day, we're playing the Blue Monster. I fortunately, and and anybody who's played golf with me knows this, that anytime I play golf, I could be playing lights out golf. I'm going to have a blow up hole. Like where if it's par four, yeah. I'm going to shoot, I'm going to shoot a 10 on that hole. You know what I mean? I, I'm going to have grown out of that in the last couple of years. And I am, I've learned to really, when I hit that bad shot, I, I, I it almost like just snaps in my head going, Take your bogey or double and walk away. Like just, just, just grab a club, bunt it up the fairway, and just don't do anything too stupid. Just this isn't your hole. Minimize the mistakes and deal with it on the next hole. <laughs> well, you know, um, recently I I purchased a, a Pro Sender, and mm-hmm. you know, by by no means is this podcast sponsored by Pro Sender. This is all me. Uh, I had a, I had a bit of a flipping problem, you know, like, uh, and yeah, it, it totally helped me hold that angle that this is why I'm striking my irons so well. So what I did, oh oh my goodness. Your hands like that changes everything. uh, (laughs) Listen, that shot that you saw 165 yards to the pin, I carried it about 183 i think is what arcos listed it at into the wind caught it pure in into the wind dead straight so it's like so i finally i'm finally starting to see like oh all right you can actually you know like when a well-struck iron or you know driver or whatever this is why these pros can can hit it as far as they do when they're playing into 30 mile an hour winds Mm -hmm. so the first hole first hole we get up uh, was my blow up hole, which was great. I hit a, um, 125 yard pop-up, uh, driver off Solid. the, yes. Oh no. And, and into the rough. So the rough at the rough at, um, the blue monster is all, um, what's that? Nakakuya. Um, I forgot the name of the grass. I just had it on the tip of my tongue. It's that grass where it's like you have a sprout of grass and then it's got like 10 sprouts of grass off that one sprout of grass. I'm going to Google it. 
There you go. Google it. Cause I can't remember the name, but anyway, it's basically like a pillow. So you look at your ball and you, you, you think, all right, I, I've got a decent Bermuda. That's it. Yeah. It's deep Bermuda rough. Right. So it's like, you, you look at your ball. It's like, Oh, it's, it's, I got a pretty good lie. And then you're like, all right, let me take out my three wood and just, you know, get it back into play. Even if I put it only 200 yards down the fairway, at least I can get it into the fairway. Well, your ball goes, your, your club head goes right underneath that ball. And then you end up popping it up 30 yards. And it was just a complete blow up hole. The weather turned beautiful. And I bogeyed a couple of holes. Uh, I was parring and I was parring all the par threes on the front nine. And then once like the, once the back nine hit, it was like 75 degrees. The sun was shining and I ended up shooting 11 over. So yeah, on the, I mean, mind you, we were not playing any, we weren't playing the tips. You know what I mean? We were yeah, playing from the white. It's a respectable handicap though. I mean, that's, if you, if everybody held their scores and their standards to like what pros shoot and what better golfers play, then not as many people would play golf. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you play to where you need to play to, and that's a good round of golf for you, especially in a golf course like that that you've never seen before. That's difficult with when it's windy. Like that's that's those are all wins. You know what I mean? And and I had no idea, you know, where I'm safe or or whatever. Thankfully, we oh, had a caddy. Yeah. We had a caddy with us, which helped oh, tremendously. Nice. Isn't nice, isn't it? Nice having a caddy, dude. It changes everything. I want one all the time. <laughs> well, I I'm like a um when it comes down to caddying. I'm like a rain man with it because when the caddy says, put it over here, you want to hit this club X amount and put it in that spot over there. I'll do it. But if yeah. you told me to do it, I'm going to slice it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to yeah. duff it. And um, yeah. And then, and then basically what happened was, is like, literally we played, you know, showered, checked out and I'm in the Uber, you know, heading back to the airport and it's like 81 degrees. It's gorgeous. And I fly home when I land in Jersey, it's 35 degrees, you know, while I was driving yeah. home. Yeah, it was. That's like when I was, came back from the PGA show. It was absolutely beautiful when I left. I mean, I left at like three o'clock in the morning and it was warm mm-hmm. out. And then I get home and it's like 30 degrees and I'm standing outside going, this just sucks. Like, why do I do this to myself? <laughs> yeah. And the cool thing is, is, I mean. I guess the best part for me is that I think Liv has an event. They're playing Doral in April. Mm-hmm. So it'll be neat. Like this will be like the second or third course that I've been able to play that, you know, a professional tour is going through. Is this um, the first, is this the only Trump course you've ever played or have you played other ones? This is the only Trump course I've ever played. I'm okay. I'm trying to get onto Bedminster. Um, I think I'm going to end up playing Colts neck. So Colts neck. Like uh, I played Dunebeg. Uh, which was a Norman design course. Norman owned it, and then he sold it to Trump. Uh, it's in Ireland. I played that when I was over there, and it was absolutely remarkable. It was it was just phenomenal golf course. Hardly anyone out there. I actually had Trump's caddy as my caddy. So whenever Trump oh. goes and plays there, he gets the same caddy. That was my guy for the day. Nice. Coolest dude ever. Nicest guy. Um the thing that impressed me the most, I mean, other than the golf and the food, it was just such a classy experience um, because it was out. If I recall right, you had to take a ferry out there and you had to stay there. They're, the only way you're getting back is through and take another ferry back. 
So we stayed the night there. So before we go to the room, we went into town. We're trying to find like a, a pub to go drink at. And we actually found a bar that has been there that is older than the United States, which is wild. So we're in this old, very old pub, live music, people dancing, drinking Guinness. It was freaking fantastic. We go back to the room. We get in the beds. I don't sleep in a bed. I prefer to sleep on the floor because I have a bad lower back and it just seems to work better for me. That being said, these beds were the most comfortable bed beds you've ever slept in your entire life. Like you did not want to get up the next morning. Like you just Mm -hmm. sunk into it and it just like spooned you all night. It was nice. I don't know where you get those. And my dad stayed at another Trump hotel somewhere a couple of years later. I go, were the beds just as good? And he goes, they were. He's like, it was the exact bed. I'm like, son of a gun. Like, I need nice. this. If that was my bed, I'd sleep in a bed. No no questions asked. Nice. <laughs> yeah, the, the, I guess my only claim to fame is that when I've played, I've played um, Sage Valley down in Aiken, South Carolina. I've had, I've played actually with, uh, Justin Timberlake's caddy, the guy oh, that he cool. usually that he usually asks for requests. You know, I can't request the caddy when I go down there, but like yeah. uh, he can. Um, so I've had his caddy, which that guy was uh, like incredible. I mean, mm-hmm. he was you know he knows that golf course. I think. For him. <laughs> yeah, like I'm I'm telling you, like you know, with those putts because you got it, they're Fazio greens, and yeah. it's yeah. You, you know it's. It's uh, it's my namesake, which I, whenever I hear it, I'm like, oh god, this is gonna be a long day. <laughs> but it's like literally, like you know, um, you know, he he would tell you exactly where to put it, like which like hit it eighty percent right here, but the hole's another ten feet. He's like, just hit it eighty percent right to here, and then you hit it there, and you just watch it. I'm like, whoa, wow, <laughs> you know, yeah. all right, so that works. All day, all day he'd be giving me lines, he's like, hit this, but with plus two. Or plus six, or minus what one, that or mean? minus three, like inches. Like is like you know, hit this plus two, like two inches harder. You know what I mean? Hit this mm-hmm. minus one, like one inch short, kind of thing. Like it was in a very unique way because I've had a lot of caddies. So I did the whole Scotland and Ireland thing, so I had mm-hmm. caddies at all of these golf courses, and uh, he was remarkable. He, he was he was very sharp, very 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 sharp. And uh, the other guy in the group didn't understand what he was doing, but he wasn't a a golfer like I was, let's put it that way. So, but it was, it was a great experience having a caddy. It takes so much stress off of a round of golf. You know what I mean? Especially if you get a caddy that is willing to go to the driving range with you. Oh watch gosh. You yeah. Golf shots, and they can kind of pick apart your distances and stuff like that. Then as I'm up there with mm-hmm. the six irons, like, no, 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 hit the seven this time. Like you're telling me to club down. Usually my dad's back here telling me to club up kind of thing. You know, he's like, no, mm-hmm. hit, hit the seven iron and seven irons. Perfect. I'm like, dude, I swear, caddies would shave like four strokes off my game if I had them every round. <laughs> easy, easy. Yeah. No, there's. I. I just. I don't know. I. I. I look at them like you know, as a stress reliever, as somebody to talk to, because you're talking to another golfer, especially if you're playing with a friend, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, the guys I play with are low single digit, and you know, they're the ones that are trying to calm me down. But it's just like, well, in my head, I'm playing against you. Oh, you know what absolutely. I mean? Like I'm a competitor. I'm the same way. I don't care how good yeah. you are. You can put me in a golf course with Tiger Woods. I'm going to go, I'm going to beat you. Like I, I won't, but I have the mindset that I'm going to beat you. That's how you bring out the your best version of yourself. That's right. How, if you go out right. there going, Oh, I don't care. Then you're not going to, you're not going to say you're not going to play as well. Cause I've gone out there and I've had some rounds of golf where like, don't focus on score. 
focus on hitting a good shot. Don't worry about the result. Commit to the shot and hit it. But that's still trying to bring out the best version of yourself. You know what I mean? But you have to have a goal in mind. You have to have an expectation. If you don't have an expectation of yourself, then you're you're just kind of going anywhere. You're just, you're, you know, flying blind kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. But, but just to have that, I guess that person to talk to, especially after a couple of holes, because like you said, when they go to the driving range with you, that's, that's lights out and they see what kind of shot shapes you hit, what, what shots were, Hey, I, I need to, all right, this guy plays a fade. I got to keep him mm. left or whatever, you know, he, um, you know, after like two or three holes, you know, this guy's like, no, 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 here's your club. And not even questioning. I'm not even questioning him at this yeah. point. You know, they, <laughs> they know about how far I'm, I'm hitting the ball and, yeah. and whatnot. It, it's, it's a life altering experience. For sure. You know? and, it, and it was funny when I was, of, at, when yeah. I was at, when I was at Doombag, my caddy, we're on hole number 18 and hole number 18 is the, you have the C going down all the right side. The hole kind of goes out like this. Mm-hmm. And, He's looking at me. I go, what line should I take here? You know, you know what? I don't, I don't know what I should be hitting. He's like, you need, you have to take the tiger line because I hit the ball as hard as hard as I do. I go, what's the tiger line? He goes, well, you need to aim out up over the beach, and there's the breeze is coming off, and it's going to help push it over to the okay. left, and then it's going to catch the slope. It's going to roll down in the fairway. You'll be left with like maybe a wedge or so in. And I'm that is, just, I don't care how good of a golfer you are. That is so daunting to go. Don't aim at the fairway, aim over the freaking ocean, <laughs> and then just, that's the line for you. I blasted no. this drive, and I, I think I birdied the hole, too. I, I mean, it was, it was the perfect line, but it is the most intimidating thing, especially when you have a caddy telling you that, too. So you're like, oh, now the caddy expects me to hit a 300-yard drive. Like, no pressure at all here. <laughs> I, I had a similar situation. I'm actually pulling it up right now because I want to see which hole it was. And it was a back nine because the back nine is when my driver really like turned on. You know, you like the, a lot. I feel like your driver always doesn't kick into like the back nine. <laughs> you take this like three different times. No, my not my game doesn't kick on to the back nine. But mm-hmm. I'm like I'm. I'm like Bright. Believe me, I'm not saying this. I'm not like Bryson, but I'm like Bryson where I could go play 18 holes of golf, and I'll go hit 200 balls after I play. Oh, yeah. like if I it's get, available, I'm a 36 hole a day type of person. I'm like the 18 is the warm up 18. I'm big yeah. money in the next 18. I'm ready. I'm primed and ready to go. <laughs> so hole number hole number 16. It's there's water all, all up the left-hand side. There's traps galore, and it's a narrow um, – it's it's a super narrow um, green, right? Kind of like a, like a kidney bean shape, but it's mm-hmm. it's got bunkers all around it. And then you have this massive bunker right in front of the green. So we get up to the tee box, right? And I'm like looking at this. I'm like, oh, I'm going to play it safe. I'm going to hit a three wood into this, you know, this. My, I'm, I'm fading my three wood today. I'm just going to put it right there and just get a wedge in. Caddy comes up to me. He goes, here you go. And he gives me my driver. I'm like, dude, it's like 290 yards. I'm like, I can't reach that. He's like, you can reach it. Let's go. So I'm like, well, that. oh, God. And then you know what? I'm the first one teeing off too. Don't so I'm that. like. Don't love that. Yeah. And it's the one, it's the one hole that with the driver that I didn't take out my eye range, my eye range stick and, and record. So I absolutely obliterated this ball. I drove the green in my terms. Okay. Oh yeah. Yeah. 
but it went into the bunker, the green side bunker, mm-hmm. pin high. So in my book, I drove the green. Yeah, okay? yeah. I got you the had, distance. You had what it took to drive the green, absolutely, yeah. Yes, but the wind was kind of working against me where like it took a reasonably, like a light, a small fade, because I typically play a fade. It took a mm-hmm. small fade and then just blew it further left. So if I'd, if I'd have clipped, I think if I'd have hit the green, because the, the way the green kind of buckled out, like there was like a small little... I don't want to call it a false front, but like maybe it's a false front because it goes right into the water on mm-hmm. one side, right? So if if I'd have hit it three yards left, I would have been right on the green, maybe maybe right behind the pin. Oh, and awesome. and I did it in front of you know the group of guys I was with in front of the caddy. He's like, I told you you could do it. I'm like, but I'm in the bunker. And he's <laughs> like, it doesn't matter. He's like, you got you got down there. I knew you could do it. Yeah. And then it was just like, well. All right, I have a and, battle I got to deal with here. But. <laughs> yeah, I, I, like now I just got to not skull it out of the bunker, and I ended up sculling it. It hit the lip of the bunker and then went to like ten feet. Yep. <laughs> Dude, and I two putted for part. My grandpa taught me how to putt out of bunkers. If you ever in a bunker with railroad ties, that is such a legit shot to hit. Especially if there's water, like like you said, like you're in a bunker here. Here's the green. Then there's the water there, and you're afraid of blading it. If you can get a putter or a hybrid and just kind of pop and bump it up there, that is going to save so many people's strokes. It's just not a thought that goes through people's head because they always think they want to, you know, open up the face, which isn't a bad shot if you can hit it. But it's being able to have alternatives out of a bunker is very useful. No, but it was like this. So, so the bunker, (laughs) right. But then the grass came down from like here and then here was the wall of the bunker. So the, so the sand went up to here and then there was like a wall, like a, you know, like a bevel of grass that was probably two or three feet. I blasted the the grass <laughs> and it basically took off all that speed. It popped it up and then went to 10 feet that I, I two putted, I saved far. So yeah. it was good up and down. Yeah. No, so, for sure. That's why they don't so have that was, hard. Yeah. That was, that was, uh, that was probably the whole of the day for me. Just, just blasting it that far you know, was, was just like, all right, finally. And, and like, I think we talked about this earlier. It's like, it's nice to have that, you know, I had the blow up round on Tuesday, then Wednesday, you know, was kind of like where I feel like I wasn't playing my best because it's like, you know, the putting was still in eh. mm. chipping was, I didn't have the feel with the chipping because the green, like, you know, anything around the greens, especially in that Bermuda grass is very difficult to chip out. And Florida is yeah. different. I'm not used to, you know, I, you know, my, my, uh, wedges that I have are, are, you know, regular, uh, J grind wedges, which are like kind of multifaceted. They're, they're yep. good for hard surfaces. They're good for soft, but they're better suited for the Northeast, not Florida. Yeah. And I was dig, I was digging them in. Dipping in Florida right. sucks. I, I don't personally yeah. enjoy it that much. Um, I think if I played it, I could get used to it, but it's, you know, you put me in Arizona, I'm good. California, I'm good. You can take me to Ireland, Scotland, Portugal, I'm good. Carolinas, I'm good. Florida, I just don't. I just, I just don't chip well around there. And I think it's just because if you're off by a little bit, it's so punishing. You know what yeah, I mean? Either it's going to dig or you're going to blade it. And I don't like. I don't mind if it's one of the two because then I can play against it. But if yeah, it's an option that either or could happen, then you know, all of a sudden, I'm not using a, my 58 anymore. I'm taking an eight iron from 20 yards off the green and just trying to hit a long putt with it, you know, cause it's just yeah. damage control at that point. Just get me on the green. I'll take my two putt. I'm going to, I'm very aggressive when it comes to chipping. So chipping has always been 
one of my strongest part of my games. I, I can hit low, high, spin, not spin, everything with it. But when you're putting me in a position where I can't hit those shots, I'm, it, I struggle. Let's put it that way. My tempo gets off, and then I get in my head, and it's game over. Yeah. Now, now speaking of Florida and speaking of caddies, somebody announced a new caddy, didn't they? Oh, Tiger did. Yeah, he's going to be. Uh, it's Matt Kuchar's ex caddy. He also coot, uh, also coochered, also uh, caddy <laughs> for Sunjay M. Um, there, he, he's a lot of rumors, obviously, right now. I don't know if anybody's actually heard anything from Tiger himself, but it sounds like he's going to be looping caddies this year, which I find really interesting. And um, he's talking about that this caddy is going to be caddying with him at the Players and at the Masters. Which maybe that's an audition. You don't know, you know. If I mean, yeah. if Tiger plays well in the upcoming three events with this caddy, I don't know why you would possibly change it out. I don't think Tiger needs a caddy at Augusta. I think he just needs somebody to carry his bag. But right. uh, personally, for me, in a perfect world scenario, my dream is before Tiger closes out his career, I want him to break the record with Stevie on the bag. I want him and Stevie to get back together. Oh, I think great. that would just be the coolest thing for golfers and for golf fans. If you got Stevie and Tiger on the bag and they made a run in a major championship, it would bring tears to my eyes. It would be absolutely freaking awesome. <laughs> but is Stevie caddying for anybody right now? Isn't I thought uh, I saw he was him. for Adam Scott. I don't know if he still is or not, though. I'm not positive. Uh, I know him and Tiger are cool again. I know they don't. And they're not best friends or anything like that, but I, w- I want to see it. I think they should do it. I think Tiger should bite the bullet and get it done. I think it'd be great yeah. for him. Oh, I think it would be. I, I imagine that's the missing link that Tiger needs to win another. How wild uh, would that be? And we don't know Tiger yeah. at Riviera. We have that coming up. We have no idea what to expect from him. He's never won this event, and it's his event, which is hysterical. We don't know how healthy he is. <laughs> Or any of that. Um, I think more people are to be wa- watching him walk, and that's the thing. I, is, I get it, but it drives me a little nutter butter. Everyone's like, "Well, how's he walking?" I'm like, "Can we just focus on how he's striking the ball?" <laughs> like, like yeah. I want to see how he's playing golf. You know what I mean? But if he can walk around for 72 holes and not show much fatigue or limping or anything like that, hey, I like his odds. And if he can play once a month as well, he can build up some momentum. That's what he did when he won the tour championship. You know what I mean? He it just took tournament yeah. after tournament after tournament. Hell, he can play eight to twelve events. I like his odds of winning again. He just needs to compete regularly. He can't be just cherry picking four events a year. I don't think he can win that way. No, nobody can win that way. Mm-mm. Well, Mm-mm. This, I'll say this: if anybody could do it, it would be Tiger. I can never count him out in anything at all. The diehard people saying like, "Oh, he's never going to win again." Like, stop. Like, if, if anyone's going to do it, it will be Tiger. Odds are obviously stacked against him, but you, telling Tiger not to do something just motivates him to do it more. So, actually, maybe people need to hate on him a little bit more. It might just light the fire under his ass and boom. Like, he'll go on a tear. Who knows? Well, yeah, supposedly at Riviera, we're also going to see his new uh, his new apparel company that through Taylor made, I think, we right? don't know. We just know Sunday Red. That's all we know right now. I believe it's under TaylorMade's umbrella, but there's actually been no official announcement of anything. It would make sense. It was under the G4. Uh, TaylorMade was doing all the hiring for apparel and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It makes a lot of sense. Uh, but, I mean, we'll see for 100% sure. I mean, we just saw the TW spot. I don't know if you follow them on Instagram. Great page to follow if you want Tiger Woods news and updates. Is it always 100% accurate? No, because a lot of it's rumors and digging and 
opinions kind of stuff like that, but they've been right about a lot of things. It seems like it's a tailor-made thing, but you know, I, I'm obviously waiting for the official announcement. Yeah. Well, listen, uh, he could do whatever the heck he damn well pleases and he can oh, wear yeah. whatever he wants. It doesn't matter at that point. He can, he can, he doesn't need even need tailor made. He can actually do it on his own, start his own apparel company yeah. that will, well, I'm just curious if that the TW, his logo is coming with him. I'm sure he owns the rights to that. I would guess. I right? I don't know if he does. I don't know because I noticed Scotty wears a lot of Nike shirts that say TW on them. I think TW might be tied to Nike. I'm not, well, like tie- I'm not positive on that, but I think it is. Well, well, Scotty wears the TW shoes, like the old Tiger shoes. Yeah. So, if you, and when look you look at the, the back of his shirt, like yeah. half the days he wears TW on them. Unless, unless, listen, you know, he might, I, I would guess that's, that's his logo, you know? Yeah. It's gotta I mean, be. I, it's weird, and it would be weird for me to have the TW the TW out there and the Sunday Red by two different people. I mean, I guess from a financial perspective, it's a win. But like, as a, it's just weird to like. It's gonna be hard to convince people to go after the Sunday Red when they can still find TW things. You know what I mean? Like, personally, I think the TW looks cooler, but obviously, mm-hmm. I don't know what the apparel line is gonna look like or any of that. So maybe Sunday Red will be better. I mean, who knows. Yeah, but there was a lot of blowback on like the whole tiger and it's SDR, right? Where mm-hmm. where people were saying, "Oh, this looks lame." But think about Lacoste. Oh, you yeah. know, it's it's kind of like a variation of of like Lacoste or or when any one Slozenger. of those it's other. To me, it reminds me of Slozenger. Yeah. Oh, yes, 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 yeah. yes. Yeah, I played those balls when I first started playing because they were cheap. Actually, they make really yeah. good portable apparel if you're looking for a brand i think i think they're i think dick's sporting goods owns them now though i'm not positive on that but uh and also this could just be the first version of the sdr you know like this could just be the proto you know what i mean this is just like hey we trademarked this we needed to lock this down and from here on out we're going to build and make it better or whatever it might be you know so i mean i'm anxious to hear what it's going to be i'm not going to lie because you know the press is going to just berate him with questions about the sunday red so Oh, of course. And and did you know, I don't know if you know this or not, but he's not the first person to do the Sunday red. You know that, right? What do you mean? Like he's wear not red the first... on Sunday or to yeah. have... Lee Trevino started it. Oh, really? That makes sense because yep. he's so close to Trevino, dude. Trevino's the man. <laughs> oh, God. I, if, if, there, if there was a guy that I would love to play golf with, it would be the king and Lee Trevino. Like yeah. just to have a good, uh, like that's, that's probably the best round of golf you will ever play in your life. The conversations you know, just, and the stories would be priceless. I don't even know if I could play golf. I just want to sit in the cart and just listen I'll, to them I'll talk. I'll caddy for him. I won't yeah. even play. I just want to yeah. watch. I yeah. just want to watch. 100%. Yeah. No. So, so yeah, there was a story. I, I saw like a documentary where Trevino said, he's like, I'm actually the first guy who started wearing red on Sundays and I used to wear red every Sunday. So Tiger stole it from me, that's which I thought was was pretty was pretty out. cool. That's interesting. We got to check that. Yeah, we got to check it out. Make sure it's it's legit. I don't want to be passing rumors. It could but... also just be Trevino trash talking him a little bit too, throwing some jabs at him. So you, you never know what Trevino. <laughs> yeah. All I know is that I you will never see me playing golf in a red shirt because I tried it once and didn't play well. Oh so really? Just, I love red. Yeah. I mean, I. I I have a very colorful wardrobe. Let's put it that way. I actually just went up and hung up all my golf clothes and I went through every hanger in the house. And now I, I don't have any 
where to put my normal clothes right now. So <laughs> <laughs> I have a full closet of golf stuff though. So I guess that's nice. So <laughs> no, that's great. So yeah, no, but I will not. No, thank you. I, you'll, you'll never see me wearing a red shirt or black pants. Uh, I'm I'm not doing the tiger red. Not not me. Oh, I've done it a couple of times. It's such a good look. It is a good look. And your opponents. <laughs> yes, it it is a good look. But it's also like you know, if you're not backing, it's like that. You know the the kids that you see that they have a five thousand dollar bag of clubs, and you know they can't hit. You know, so I deal that's, with it all the time. Kids that want to play blades and all this other stuff. I'm like, what are you shooting? They're like ninety six. I'm like, do you want to look good or play good? Mm-hmm. Those are your choices here because the bag might look good, but as you're hitting your seven iron, 120 yards and you're shooting like 110 now, I don't think it's worth it, but you do you nope. boo boo. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Oh That's yeah. Your- Had that conversation multiple times. Um, yeah. I know this might be a little bit late, you know, in, in the game or whatever, by the time this is dropped, but you know, we just had the waste management. Um, you know, we want, we know Nick Taylor won. Um, that was an epic closing. I mean, I didn't watch the Super Bowl cause I was watching the waste management. I had both um, of them along at the same time. I had golf on my computer and I had the Super Bowl on the TV. Yeah, no, I, I, I didn't As even I was working attention. at curated shift selling golf clubs. <laughs> no, I, I, I didn't even pay attention. Um, but it was, it was a great, I mean, I thought it was, I thought it was amazing. The one thing that I would like to talk about, which won't age is the amount of partying that went on at, I don't think it's ever been this bad. And a lot of pros are actually, you know, they've been saying it in their interviews. I think, uh, Jack, uh, Zach Johnson had, had, yeah, I have had a mentioned something. Zach Johnson on this though. In his, he's right. He was absolutely right. And Billy Ho biting back at that fan. Absolutely in the right. Mm-hmm. Here's the issue though. Zach Johnson later on came out and said the waste management, um, he's tired of uh, the fans at the waste management. And he's been playing it for years. And my thing with this is, it, it, Don't with, play. Him saying, with him saying that is this. Yeah, he's absolutely right. It's gotten out of control. A lot of non-golfers go. It's a big party. I think it's maybe escalated too much. I mean, they were cutting people off at the tournament. That's at a, That says a lot about what was going on there. But if you know that the waste management is going to be this way and you've had a problem with it for the last, I don't know how many years and you still sign up for it at that point, it's your, it, that's your bet. That's like complaining. Like, you know, I actually a little self plug here. Cause I do the whole goats golf highlights thing. I went on a little rant about this. That's the equivalent of saying the, Oh, the water's too hot. And you keep dipping your hand in the hot water. If you know, it's going to be routing, you know, you don't like it and you don't appreciate how the fans act, but you show up anyways. Like, you know, if he never would have said that, it, none of uh, there would be no blowback. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's the fact that yeah. he said, "I'm getting tired of it." The last few years, da 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 da. I'm just like, okay, well, you're still showing up though with that knowledge, and now you're complaining. Like, if you had the foresight, why didn't you do something about it? You know, like don't that's play. Just, don't play in it. And with all due respect to Zach Johnson, I don't think the fans are going to care if he doesn't show up for the event. So. No. He's not maybe not the person to be saying all of this. Like it's you know if it came from someone like JT, then okay, I think people would listen because people want JT there. You know what I mean? But nobody cares if Zach Johnson's there. So eh. no, but <laughs> JT said something great. I mean, the way he handled it was was flawless because he he had mentioned he's like yeah he's like I'm working walking to the first tee at seven o'clock in the morning and the fans started coming in and they're you know it's it's six a.m. or whatever and they're already cracking beers open. Half of them are are already lit. 
yeah. you know, and it, and now it's like five o'clock when he's doing the interviews and they, and he's like, you know, I wonder where those guys are right now and what they're doing. And, mm-hmm. you know, all over social media, you're seeing nothing. Like I think Zyre golf posted countless drunk people falling on their faces, falling, yeah. you know, full of mud and, and whatnot. For me personally, like my opinion, you know, that's not an event. I think I would take my wife and my kids to, um, Absolutely not. But I think that's also why they have it, though. I think it's a one you're bringing people to the game that typically wouldn't watch golf, and two, it's kind of like not a stress reliever, but it's a it's a way of making the PGA Tour fun for those who don't find it fun. You know, more relevant. Yeah, it's and it's only one event. Now, if this was every event, every event had an issue. One event of the year, people can pick and choose if they want to play in the event or not. Do I think they need to do something about, I mean, I think this year did get, get out of control. I, I do agree with that. It, the moment that you have people falling on their face drunk in the middle of the day, that's not a good look for anyone at any event ever. And, you know, if you look at Live Golf with the music and the partying, they've had nothing like that happen there, which mm-hmm. I find interesting because I figured this would have been a live, that's something that would happen at a Live Golf event. So I don't know what Live is doing different to make sure that this doesn't happen. Because Liv is definitely a party. You went to a Liv golf event. I've watched behind the scenes things. There's events happening. There's music. There's activities. There's drinking. But well, that's, they, the, that's they what makes it different. Navigate it better than the waste management does. So I think that's something that the PGA Tour could probably learn from Liv golf is how do you navigate something like this while keeping people safe? Well, Liv has, Liv has their... Um... I forgot what they call it, but it's like their town center, right? Mm-hmm. Where they've got all these events and they've got their, you know, food and liquor and you can go buy, you know, their, the live products and stuff like that. A lot of that partying gets done there because you'll have, but it's also, it's also a type of events where there's a lot of kids there. So people are, people might be a little bit inebriated, mm-hmm. but they're, but they understand like they might be there with their children. They might, yeah. you know, you they're see other kids around. Away. No, it's not, it's not like, you know, it's not college kids that are, you know, that are funneling beers. Well, waste management is one big frat party, dude. Yeah. <laughs> That's what yeah, it is. Yeah, it is yeah. like the worst frat house you can go to and partying for an entire weekend is what it is. It's Arizona. It's ASU mm-hmm. basically in droves. That's what, it, yep. that's what it is over there. Um, so it is what it is, but live, but it's funny because you, you mentioned live and I think, I think Rom's bitten off more than he can chew because his caddy was trying to, you know, quiet people on, on, I think it was Saturday. Mm-hmm. So Saturday he was in contention and then he hit the, uh, the good old shank yep. and basically, basically cost himself the tournament. And then obviously mm-hmm. DJ won, you know, and, and, there's that other dynamic where Rom's used to, you know, quiet, everybody's silent to now it's, it's a, a party and, you know, you hear, you know, she's a maniac being played in the background while they're putting on the, you know, on I think the 18th hole. I quite like the music, though. I think he actually said he liked the music, but I, I, it's going to be an adjustment for him regardless. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, you know, helps. when I play go. Two, two top threes in your first two events and live events, so I think he's going to be just fine. <laughs> No, a hundred percent. I mean, he's going to be a contender and like, at least now we can kind of quiet people up a little bit that, you know, the field and the live events is pretty strong. You know, oh you yeah, that was absolutely fantastic. I really enjoyed, actually enjoyed watching it. 
Mm -hmm. It was a lot of fun. It was, it was definitely a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I just wanted to say thank you for listening. Thank you. If you, if you made it this far, we appreciate you. So again, like, and subscribe to our YouTube channel, Spotify, iTunes, you know, give us a review. Let us know what you think. We're just getting started. Um, again, all of our discount codes will be in the bottom. Follow us on Instagram at Instagram slash golf rehab, uh, PJR scratch golf for you golf jitsu for me. And we'll be posting all of our discount codes, like, like crazy lunatics, yes. but thanks for listening. You can get a discount code from us at least every day. If you just click on our stories at least. So, yeah. or at least every other day. Yeah. I mean, well, for me, I post at least something every day or I need to at least. <laughs> All right, PJR. It was a pleasure, man. We will talk soon. Always. Yeah. <laughs>